Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. Oh my goodness, is it really already January 23rd, 2023? We made it. We got here. Hello to Facebook. My panelists, please wave hello to Facebook. They are watching us. Hopefully, oh, there's somebody there on Facebook. It's a miracle they're watching us. I have a quick homework assignment for the three of you before I even introduce you. On the count of three, you're going to join me in saying hello, L. L L and I will explain. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello. Hello. L L L L. I can't hear Samantha and Isma. We got to do it again. Ladies, louder. I didn't hear you. Would Isma say hello? Yep. Okay, Samantha, you say hello. Hello. Okay, let's try it again. One, two, three. Hello. Hello. L L L L. Not bad, a little smattering, but we did okay. This is Read My Lips Radio. I'm Radio Red. I talk to very interesting people. To me, creativity is what we all do. I don't know about you, but I didn't pop out of my wonderful mom with an instruction book on what I'm going to do in my life. Everything we do is creative. Life to me is an improv. And yes, I used to do stand-up comedy and I had my own improv troupe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we're just making it up as we go along. To me, a creative is a person who does what they need to do in their life and figures it out. How do you eat your cereal? How do you dress? How do you answer the phone? What do you do? How do you spend your day? Where do you work or not work? What do you do? What are your favorite colors? What do you like to eat? What's your favorite flower? It's all part of who we are as creatives. That's my little definition lecture the front. I have a very interesting show today, but I have to say we said hello to LLL. That is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. That's an alliteration with L's. However, she lives in Whitestone, New York, and that doesn't start with L. So I've been taking up a fictional, fictitious GoFundMe for years to try and get money to raise to move her to London, but it was very hot there last summer. And she told me, I don't want to move to London. So we're thinking about Larchmont or we're thinking about something a little more glamorous. So if any of my listeners or my panelists come up with something with an L where we could have her move and pay for it, I'm sure she'll be happy to do it. Uh, She will email me at 801 tonight and tell me how much she enjoyed the show and how much interesting how many interesting creativity comments she heard from my guests samantha and isma and one and i'll introduce them in just a second it is january 23rd oh my goodness let's see it is the 23rd day of the year that's always easy in january i don't have to calculate we still use the gregorian calendar and i always say hello and shout out to greg gregory grego gregor whatever his mommy called him he was certainly a creative because we're still using his calendar there are 342 days left in the year this is the fourth monday the sign of the zodiac is aquarius age of Aquarius. i try not to sing it spoils the show january 20th to february 18th they are impetuous they are unpredictable they're stubborn they're humanitarian they're altruistic they love to help others saturday is their day of the week their lucky numbers are three four 17 18 and 22 and turquoise is their favorite color anybody on the panel in aquarian today 
Juan or Isma no. or Samantha? Nobody. Okay. No. Well, I have a granddaughter whose birthday was the 19th. So it was the day before. So she was still a Capricorn. Okay. So let's go on. Let me tell you who my special guest. Everybody wave hello to Facebook again. We've got viewers there. We have a couple of people watching us. This is amazing. Okay. So I have three, what I call courageous creatives today. And that's a word that has been used by some of my former guests Creativity is curiosity. It's being courageous. It's being brave. I'm titling this episode, Read My Lips, Brave Creativity, because I feel strongly about my three guests that that's what links them all together. There's always a thread of commonality among my guests, even though I never select people who have the same profession or the same career or the same passions. It's all about the diversity of creativity. So when I say your name, just wave your hand and a quick hello. We have a man with a wonderful voice today. I'm sorry. He almost knocked me off my microphone. You're welcome. There he is. Juan Williams. He, he is a radio <laughs> news journalist. He's a karaoke contest winner. Maybe he'll sing. He's a cook and a union mechanical engineer. He's the author of Why Your Lifestyle is Killing You, but we're not talking about anything bad. He's the founder of Juan W-A-N Wisdom, W-I-Z-D-O-M Publications, and the nonprofit Peace. Proper education achieves clear excellence. Juan, happy to have you. Thank you very much. And there might be two four-legged fur babies coming on the show with him tonight. I've heard rumors that they're (laughs) Uh, somewhere nearby. We'll have to see. Yeah, Mr. T and Special K. Two English masters. There you go. Well, they might make a guest appearance. And if they come on the screen, you have to introduce them. Uh, And then we have Dr. Samantha Pillay. Samantha's been on before. I met her again at the National Publicity Summit. And she had another compelling story to tell me about her creativity. So I invited her back. She is South Australia's first female urological surgeon. Just think about that. She is an entrepreneur. She's an international Amazon bestselling author. Not easy to do when you're a full-time surgeon. She's an Australian of the Year finalist. She is the author of a children's picture book, and she is now an online merchandiser of merchandise to inspire young girls to dream big and aim high. And I'm all the way behind that one. Samantha, say hello, please. Hello, Radio. Great to be back. Wonderful. Glad to have you. I can't beat that accent. That's a wow. And then we have a newcomer here, Isma Chaudhry. She's also an MD, a physician. She is a physician and advocate of interfaith initiatives. This is not a faith-based show, but she's so creative in what she does. I felt compelled when I met her at the Publicity Summit recently to invite her. She is a, a proponent of equity and social justice, what the world needs now, we know that. She is the first female president and chairperson of the Islamic Center of Long Island. I'm a Long Islander, native Long Islander, and we just had a little chat about, we lived in villages very close to each other when I was on Long Island. We won't give that away. She founded the Interfaith Coalition Upholding Humanity to Address the U.S. Refugee Crisis. Isma, say hello, please. Hello. Oh, we got a nice kiss there. Those of you not on Facebook, you missed the big moi kiss. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask each of you to give a fuller introduction of yourself. The rule on the show is no lecturing. No, I've got lessons for your audience. We're just here to talk about creativity. Juan Williams, you're up first. Three minutes. I'm not clocking you, but Josh, my one name wonder engineer, may be running that stopwatch. And you used a stopwatch at the, they used it on you when I met you at the summit. So three minutes, Juan Williams, I'm putting you on speaker view. Please tell us more about who you are, what you do, and what's your creativity take? Juan, welcome. Well, you know, as a person of color, I got to be creative about everything because life itself 
is such a tremendous challenge. And if you read my book, you know, you'll be able to understand where I come from. But what I was thinking about, some of the things I didn't mention in my bio, uh, just 11 years ago, this spring, I was part of a team that went out as engineers and created this clean energy business challenge opportunity. And we won the best challenging idea at USC. And we had the competition finals at Caltech and we won. So the idea had to do with developing furniture that had energy plugins for all of your devices. And this was of course, what, almost what, 11 years ago now. So, you know, I, I've been very creative with a lot of different things. You know, when you really go back um, just even further, my radio career, <clears throat> which was quite interesting because I was in Hawaii at some point early in my career, in my 20s, and I was a surfer, but then I was also working at three different radio stations. So it was kind of interesting to be with the locals and then jump on the radio and start talking to people about what was happening in the islands because back then I had long, wavy hair and they called me the Hawaiian. So uh, it, it was kind of interesting to be a, a true Hawaiian from their perspective, because uh, we look back in Hawaiian history, a lot of the original Hawaiians were very dark skinned people, kind of an interesting fact. Um, but the other thing uh, is, you know, moving forward into my thirties, you know, I, I had some of those things just come back on me as something very special as I move forward in my engineering career and the opportunities that came up for me to become someone special in designing different mechanical engineering marbles. Uh, the fact that we started changing a lot of what we were doing about uh, really conserving energy and uh, you know, our, our designs that we were doing that were coming up in on computer uh, aspects that made it much more easier and made it faster. We were designing buildings and building them in less than a year. It was incredible wow. what was happening over those years in, in, in the 2000s, the early 2000s. And now we can actually put together a high rise in a matter of months. What an amazing thing now. So um, I, I don't wanna run my time over here because I've got a lot of other things to say, but we haven't even gotten into my cooking, nor have we gotten into my change of this perspective here of my body uh, and my life now, what I've, I've really been doing. We haven't gotten into my singing career in Vegas. None of that, but we will. <laughs> I want to know about the cooking because that, besides your voice, what got me to book you for the show. Just spend 30 seconds. Tell us when did, when and where did you cook and what were you cooking on? We all want to know, right, ladies? We want to know. <laughs> well, Go ahead. You know, the famous Michael Mina, uh, for a day, I was his sous chef and he had me prepare some things with a pineapple and whatnot. But the most interesting thing was the opportunity to present him with an idea that I had for a restaurant. Uh, and he hasn't gotten back to me on that. That was about five years ago. So what I'm thinking, he probably took the idea, uh, you know, presented it overseas somewhere, and I don't know about it yet, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we just don't know. But Michael Mina, that special chef, I worked with uh, in Waikiki at his particular venue called The Street. And that was such an interesting opportunity for me to really learn from someone really, really special and to really understand what it is to be creative when it comes to different dishes and when it comes to eating vegetarian and eating in a way that's more healthy. So that's really part of why this book was written was to get people thinking more healthy. We're in an age where we need to do that 
and it's very important that we start focusing on our health as we age. I'm 63 years old, and at this point, it's time for me to do things right. <laughs> very good message you buried in there. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very yes. much. And I, I appreciate your looking at cooking. It's time for a lot of us to rethink how we look at different aspects of our life. I'm very much yes. aware of that as we go through, as the world changes, but as we change our place in the world. So thank you very much, Juan. Pleasure to have yes, you on. And you. now let's go to Dr. Samantha Pillay. Samantha, what time is it in Australia right now? It's uh, about 10.45 a.m. on Wednesday, on Tuesday. Uh, on, t- on Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, because we're Monday night here on the yeah, East Coast of the U.S. It's 7.14 p.m., so it's yeah. 10, 10.45 isn't that interesting? That's yeah. That's a, a lot of lot of hours difference. I'm putting you on speaker view. Bring us up to date. You've been on the show before, but let's pretend. I I hate to say this, but let's pretend that there might be 22 people in the global audience who don't remember you. Shame on them. Talk to those 22 people, okay, Samantha? Go ahead, fill us in. What have you been up to? Well, you would. I would have describe myself as one of the most uncreative people on the planet. And I reckon a lot of people who knew me would have said the same. Why? Because I was the academic, science-driven, maths, physics-loving, I'm going to do medical, I'm going to medical school because I want to be a surgeon, kind of career-driven woman. Like there was nothing creativity about me. I was science. You know, um, I... No, no, no fun. And the only thing I read was nonfiction. Now, workaholic and purpose driven has led me to do some things that now in my, say, mid 50s, I look back and go, "Hmm, maybe your definition of creativity isn't necessarily the fact that you still draw stick figures. um, And I'm not very artistic. But I, my medical passion started with incontinence and how it was not that well serviced. I decided to start my own medical center of excellence specializing in that. 21 years later, I now am the owner and director of a medical practice. And entrepreneurship and creating a business and running a small business is creative. Now, seeing people suffer with health, I'm not a professional cook. I'm the the opposite. I actually ended up writing a cookbook for people who didn't cook and lived on fast food to try and help them manage their health. Sounds like I'm starting to get a little bit creative here. (laughs) And then driven to try and help young girls realise, oh, my God, I did it. They can do it too. You know, you just have to reach for the stars and believe in yourself. I started on the Inspirational Careers for Kids books to challenge career gender stereotypes and um, had when I'm a surgeon, then when I'm an entrepreneur, then when I'm an astronaut, activity books, in, uh, activities to produce STEM in school and trying to inspire young girls to reach the stars and be financially empowered. And uh, and I don't mean just financially independent. Um, we're now working to a million millionaires, inspire a million young girls to become millionaires. And so I started a children's picture book series um, and then from there, trying to change the way people thought about these sorts of careers. So we redefined what was fun, what was feminine and what was a fashionable and what was seen as a good career for a woman as opposed to, oh, you're going to be a surgeon, so don't you want to have kids, um, with online merchandising. So 
which was so much fun. I felt like I was playing with my doll's house again. And I thought, my God, you know, when I was eight, I used to love playing with my doll's house. There is some creativity in me somewhere. So my completely non-creativity has ended up with a lot of creative pursuits. Well, thank you very much. And I know you've expanded from your book, which you talked about the last time you were on my show, to your merchandising. And I've I've talked to STEM women, Samantha, and there is a great deal of creativity in how they approach science and how they approach math and how they approach whatever they're doing. So I disagree with you. I know where video is frozen just now for a second. My Mac is acting up again, but I know you can all hear me. And so, Samantha, I, I think there was creativity in you deciding who you wanted to be, that you wanted to be the bookworm. You wanted to be the girl who was only interested in nonfiction and science. That was your creative approach to how you wanted to form your life. So I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. And you're going to say, gee, that's really cool, Red. Thank you. <laughs> and now I want to move on to our, our third guest. I met her also at the same publicity summit. I met all three of you there, but Samantha was at a previous summit. And then again, at the most recent one, we have Dr. Isma Chaudhry. And if anybody wants to spell her name, it's I-S-M-A and Chaudhry is C-H-A-U-D-H-O. R-Y. Isma, welcome. Please tell us about you. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Red. And uh, look, creativity, as we were just talking about, comes very easy. And, and we women, uh, I'm going to just uh, talk about um, us women. Uh, sorry, Juan. Uh, how easy creativity and wit and humor comes to us. And uh, I'm also going to talk a little bit about how do we as women make our places in the male-dominated cultures, spaces, be it profession, be it art, be it any realm of life, and, uh, and how to navigate that space with diplomacy, with creativity, as I said, with humor, and not an apology. I'm a physician. Um, I have varied interests besides being a physician, and I always felt that I hit a roadblock when it came to moving forward with my imagination, my creativity, my, my just being a part of a space that is typically not a female space. Um, how do we do it? Uh, by just creating our own good old gals groups. Uh, we, we, we need to support each other. We need to empower each other, Samantha, as you had said. And it's so important that we do it just like a woman. All this comes in easy, easy for us. We just have to believe in ourselves and I would also add that there are certain tools that have worked very well for me. And, um, and they are all tools which come easy for, for people who are authentic. So those diplomacy tools should be there with authenticity, empathy, and intuition. We women forget that we have a strong sense of intuition. We need to tap on it polish it, shop it, and combine it with our intelligence. So that is how I have navigated life and uh, uh, and various spaces in life and would love to talk more about it. 
thank you. What I really want is a little more about your bio, Isma. People want to know what was it like? I can give you another minute if you need one. Talk about how did you decide that you wanted to become the first woman in the organization where you are the first chairman, the first president? That's what we really want to know. So tell us that a little bit. Go ahead. So uh, I'm the first female president of a mosque ever. Um, I'm a Muslim woman, uh, maybe a little atypical, but not really atypical according to what scripture is. And, and Islam has been thrown away in so many different areas. But um, when I was asked to be in that position, um, I said, well, you know what? I'm not sure because that space so far has been totally taken over by men. And yes, they do acknowledge women's presence, but that would be like the pizza ladies or do a bake sale. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, first of all, I can't bake and uh, I can never deliver a warm pizza. So those two areas <laughs> were blocked for me. Uh, but I, <laughs> I did think that I can really take on that leadership position after I looked into it because we need to know our traditions also. We need to know not the spaces that are defined by men, but the spaces that are open for both men and women. Did Was it easy? No, it wasn't. I was always in areas where um, I had to really confront men, but I did that confrontation with knowledge, scripture, diplomacy, wit and humor. I would throw here, here and there whenever possible. Uh, but uh, very gratifying. I have to say that was a very gratifying. And my religious scripture and tradition does open that space for me. So I wasn't really in a space that was alien for me. Thank you very much. Very interesting. I will tell you that in my, my second or third part of the third college I went to, and Juan went to a lot of colleges, I know that, um, I, I took a business statistics class. I think you'll all get a kick out of this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, everybody was using a slide rule, and I figured out all the math in my head with a pencil on a piece of paper. And I aced the course. I aced every homework assignment, and I aced all of the exams and everything. And the men in the class were really, I'm going to use a better word, they were really pissed at me. It's like, how did she do that? Where's the calculator? Where's the slide rule? I said, well, I love math, and I love to make my brain work, and I love to do it. And they said, Damn. And I was hired nice. right out of school to run a whole computer system for the state based nice. on how I did it. Well, it was two years mm -hmm. of, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. And I went to two colleges because I got married and moved to another state in the middle of that. So I went to two, two very good colleges, but I needed a, a graduate degree to earn a living because I was then mm -hmm. a divorcee. So I went to community college. I got my graduate degree at a community college, meaning I got two nice. AA degrees that was my graduate school. So I did everything backwards, but I took computer operations and computer uh, operations and programming. And I had two degrees, 4.0, both and uh, all the way through, wow. aced the whole right. thing while I was a mom taking care of two kids living 3,000 miles from my family. Wow. And they hired me right out of that program to run a statewide community college information system nice. over many other candidates. So, so I know what it's like to be the girl who, <laughs> who's not supposed to succeed. Huh. And, and I, I had to out, outbid a man for that job. Actually, there mm -hmm. was apparently it was me, 
And it was a man, a man of color and me, a woman who was from New York, who wasn't from Oregon. And I somehow my credentials aced the job and I got the job and I was running the whole system two years later. So oh, I'm no. considered an early woman Ooh. in tech. Interesting. <laughs> early woman in tech. And I was the kickoff speaker for women in big data last year on March 8th, 2022 for their International Women's Day celebration because I because of my credentials. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Enough about me. Let's go on. Thank you. So here we go. (laughs) Now's the part of the show where I've asked each of my special guests to send me a quote from a fictional movie or TV character. Not Churchill, not Einstein, not Mark Twain, not Gandhi, not Disney, not JFK, fictional character or a song lyric. A lot of guests have trouble with this, but we got some really good quotes. And the quotes, they're going to relate three minutes each in their own words to our topic of creativity. So Juan Williams has sent me a very interesting quote from The Cowardly Lion, played by the wonderful Burt Lahr in the movie, the 1939, they called it a fantasy film, the Wizard of Oz, yeah. the character, a character, a cowardly lion, fictional character in the land of Oz created by L. Frank Baum. We all know that depicted as an African lion, but like all animals in Oz, he can speak since lions were supposed to be the king of beasts. The cowardly lion believes his fear makes him inadequate. He does not understand courage means acting in the face of fear, which he does often. And I have the whole history of how many people played the character. This one also, Bert Lahr, I don't know if you know this one, played the lion's Kansas counterpart, Zeke. There was Auntie M and Uncle Henry, and yes. he was their farm worker in right. the movie. So here's the quote. Yes. Here's the quote Juan has selected from the cowardly lion. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? Courage. Juan, talk to me about courageous creativity. Three minutes, go. Okay. Well, first of all, let me say the other day I was looking for a car and I met this car sales lady named Glinda. And I said, oh my goodness, it's the good witch of the North. How, <laughs> how wonderfully <laughs> coincidental. But you know, and, and she went with it. We, we just really played with that all the way through. And, uh, you know, the special thing about The Wizard of Oz, it, it's very symbolistic about a lot of different things in our world today. But more importantly about the cowardly lion is, you know, when I was a child, I was somewhat cowardly uh, about certain things. You know, my father took me on these rides, roller coasters and things that scared the crap out of me. So I think he was trying to make a man out of me, but he was just scaring the crap out of me. So, you know, it really taught me how to have some courage about things. You know, I was afraid of water uh, and I ended up being a great swimmer because I I was in the ocean uh, in Hawaii two miles out and the island was looking like Oahu was looking like this. So, you know, I was not afraid of the ocean. There's something special about being in the ocean. Uh, you know, with a small group of people with these surfers, and we're just sitting there quietly meditating, waiting for the next wave. It was so fantastic. Anyway, uh, getting back to cowardly quote. Now, you know, every day now, my dawn comes up like thunder because I have changed my lifestyle to the point where every day is a wonderful challenge. It's not just a challenge. It's not just something that I look at as I got to get up and do something. No. Every single day, I have a list of things to get accomplished, and I have things I want to do, and I want to make good. So that in itself, a dawn coming up like thunder, and the fact that when you do wake up every day and thank God for the fact that you are awake and that you're getting up and that you have the energy to pop out of bed 
instead of just getting out of bed. And that's how <laughs> I feel. And the fact that I'm not aching, I don't have a bunch of pain like I used to. I don't have joint pain. I don't have my neck hurting, my back hurting, and all these joint pains. I'm just popping out of bed. That's the thunder that is happening to me every single day. And it's so wonderful to feel that way. And everybody should feel this way. And the only way to do that is to make sure you're eating right. I like that very much. I had chocolate before I went to bed last night. I slept great, but had crazy dreams. And I reset the sleep number on my side of the of the Select Comfort mattress from 40 to 50 because I knew it was a little too soft. And I woke up and I popped out of bed. I tried to remember my dream. And I went and had my banana milkshake. And I felt great this morning. And I knew I was going to be talking to you, Juan Williams. And I knew my day was going to be good. So there you are. I broke all your rules. But what can I tell you? You broke all the rules. I know. I no, know. Let's, let's, yeah, let's go back and let's. My hair is still red, red and I'm still yes, wearing my red. flower. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But, <laughs> it's, but it's no. pleasure foods. Pleasure foods, we understand. Yeah. It, it is. And it was homemade fudge and I put a little mm, peanut butter in it. So wow. it, it was okay and not too much. Hard sugar. to resist. Hard to resist. Yes. Impossible. Impossible. It was in the fridge staring at me. What can I tell you? Uh, yes, Samantha I... <laughs> Pillay, I'm looking at your quote. This is a favorite one on many of my radio shows. John Keating, played by the late and wonderfully creative writer. Robin Williams. Uh, the movie, of course, was Dead Poets Society, 1989 American teen drama film. And I often wonder why they say it's a teen drama. It was a drama. It was a people drama. It, it happened to be about boys at a private school. But to me, it's about people. It's about coming of age. It's about how do you figure out, right? How do you create your life? Um, shy Todd Anderson begins his junior year of high school at the exclusive Welton Academy. He's assigned Neil Perry as his roommate, one of their most promising students. And he meets Neil's friends, blah, blah, blah. And the first day, they're surprised by the unorthodox teaching methods of the new English teacher, Professor John Keating, a former Rhodes Scholar and a Welton alumni himself. He encourages his students to, and here's the quote, carpe diem, seize the day, boys, make your lives extraordinary. Isn't that a great quote? Grab it, seize it. Samantha, talk to me. What does this have to do with your version of creativity? Go. The number of things. I mean, if I think creativity, Robin Williams, I mean, you can't think of anyone more creative. Secondly, it's such a well-known quote, really, but there's a, it's a long time ago, 1989, that the movie came out, and I really felt that now is a really good time to look, to, to re- revive it a little bit in my life. There's a couple of reasons. One is we, as a, as a society, are going through quite a big re-evaluation post-COVID. A lot of uh, the great resignation, but there's also the great re-evaluation. And so I think it really fits with what's happening in the world right now. Second thing is it's also time to rewrite the quote from Carpe Diem to seize the day, girls. (laughs) Make your lives extraordinary. (laughs) Oh, that was good. I didn't see that coming. Absolutely. And we could even take it one step further. Seize the day, people, and make your lives extraordinary. So it just needed to be, it was the right time to bring it back, but update it to the modern thinking. 
I appreciate that. Yes. And I, I read, I heard after Robin Williams had passed so, so sadly and way too soon. My, my mom lived to 100, 100 years, one month and, and 15 days. And she said to me, if she heard somebody's obituary who was who in their 90s, 92, 93, 95, she said, too young. Always thought too young. So why are they letting old people? She lived in a luxury apartment building, never had an aide, a nurse, anything. She lived by herself, played bridge, played mahjong, played the piano until the day before she passed away from a cold. We didn't know it was the killer flu in 19, in, I'm sorry, in 2017. It was the killer flu and nobody way, yeah, uh, yeah, mm. Isma remembers. Anyway, my point is that she she would say, why are they letting old people move into the building? They have walkers. We, we, we need to keep this building young. And she was 100 and she was great. We did a TV show together for 17 years called Senior Moments, The Happy Ones. And she was the senior, senior. I was the junior senior. We had a blast. Anyway, um, I, I appreciate that quote because it just, what I learned about Robin Williams, Samantha and everybody is that when he would, be doing live shows and he would go out into the audience and do some of his audience work, stage work. That's what comedians do. He made everybody in the audience feel that he had created that line at the moment just for them. It was never, oh, it's Robin doing the same old jokes again. Everything was fresh. Everything was new. Everything was meant for that day, that moment, that audience. Carpe diem, I think, Samantha, was how he lived in his profession. That's how he lived. And he was able to do serious movies, right? Mm. As well as comedies. He was quite, quite, yes, very, very sad. He's mm. gone. I can't imagine mm. what he would have done in the later years if he had been able to stick around. Let's move mm. on. I'm going to get all teary-eyed here. Uh, let's mm. go to Isma. Isma has picked a, another classic. This is an icon, Jedi Grandmaster Yoda, puppeteered and voiced by Frank Oz. Of course, the movie is Star Wars Episode V. That's five in Roman numerals, The Empire Strikes Back. 1980, American epic space opera film. And I never get over that space opera. I don't even know what that means. Yoda's most memorable quote in Star Wars. I'll read it in a second fictional character and he was a small green humanoid alien powerful with the force and grandmaster of the jedi order among the oldest most stoic most powerful jedi masters and george lucas this is interesting a little sidebar here you may not know he decided to keep yoda's life history a mystery he never told you exactly what his race was never told you exactly what his home world was He's merely species unknown in the Star Wars data bank. That's how they decided to keep it. A um, um, humanoid green alien of, of mystery. Here's the quote. I love this. I use this all the time. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Okay. There is no try. You either do it or you don't. Isma, how does this relate to creativity? Three minutes. Go. Awesome. So, um, yes, uh, the mystery of Yoda is uh, is really very intriguing and i find it very romantic also um very few people would find yoda romantic i love yoda's dry wisdom and uh, and just uh, I, I find that whole character very intriguing that's what my life is i do i do not dry so and and i what <laughs> so i uh, I have ventured so many news in my life. Um, I have been in spaces where my comfort zone is always stretched, always stretched. I'm a doer. I'm a believer. Mm -hmm. And I believe in myself. I am a nurturer also. Nurturers do. 
they do not try. And, uh, and I have found myself whenever I'm in spaces, which is very often where my comfort zone, I'm not familiar, my comfort zone is stretched. I am in an alien environment because um, I'm the only one. I'm the only woman a lot of times in that, in that meeting room, or I'm the only woman who's sitting at the head of uh, the table and really doesn't know what is going to be the next thing that's going to come out of somebody's mouth and I'm going to flip. So, <laughs> so my, my, uh, my struggle is always to do and to do it without flipping. And, um, and, and I get a kick out of it. I am able to do it. I, I believe I can. And I believe everybody can. We just have to really be self-assured in doing that and have that intention, have that faith first within, and then just try, no try. It's not always easy, but do or do not. And I learned one of my early things. In, well, actually, when I was 12 years old, I had my tonsils out and we were learning, I think it was binary math in school. And my dad got the lesson and he, he did it with me. It was early in him, but it was... Uh, a one or a zero, right? Binary. If the light is either on, forget about the dimmer switch, everybody don't give me that crap. Um, if the light is either on or it's off, right? And yep. so this is this is the do or do not. There is no try. You're either the light switch is on or the light switch is off or the bulb is working or it's not, period. End of story. That's one of my favorite when somebody says, oh, I'll try. I say, Okay, Juan, you got to introduce the dogs. Are they going to come into the scene here or not? I hear them. No. Well, Mr. Actually, that's actually Special K. Special and, K. Um, what I know about both of them, unfortunately, they're not in the office area now. My wife put them outside, but uh, Special K, he loves to bark at other animals and other dogs. And, and that's the difference between Mr. T and Special K is that you know when a human is around when Mr. Yes. T barks, yes. but you also know when there's an animal around when Special K barks. So that differentiation <laughs> is really unique amongst the two characters of the dogs. And Thank I you. found that out over the past two years that they are very unique in that sense. Thank you very much. I appreciate yes. it. My grandpuppies, are, they're both Australian Labradoodles, uh, three or four years apart, but from the same lineage. And the okay. little little chocolate dark one, Jake, if there's anything moving, a, a person, a, a dog, a squirrel, a cat, he goes to the window and he stands on top of the couch and he just barks and barks and barks. Amos mm. is a little more, the the blonde I call him, he's a little more a little more passive. He takes a little more to get him excited. What I want to do now is we only have 17 minutes left. We're, we're mm. spending a lot of time talking great, great conversations about creativity and I appreciate that. But I want to pick one statement from each of you and I'll give you just two minutes to explain it and then we, we have a couple of famous birthdays and holidays to go over. I'm picking one of the four statements you sent me, Juan. I'm going to read it. You don't have to go find it. And I want you to take two minutes and explain it. And this is going back to your roots. You say, my earliest experience of creativity was six years old. I created a turkey from crayons that my first grade teacher loved unexpectedly. Juan, what is this all about? Go ahead. Well, uh, it was Thanksgiving. And um, actually, you know, it was the Friday before Thanksgiving, or, or let's say the Wednesday or however that Thanksgiving vacation comes. So, and I'm going through my desk 
and I pull out, you know, because the teacher said, pull out all your stuff and, and take it home. And I'm holding up and not knowing that I'm holding up this picture of a turkey. And, you know, I'm just looking to my desk trying to get stuff out. And my teacher says, oh, my God, what is that? And, and she comes over, she grabs it, and she looks at it. And what I had done to the legs of a turkey, I just squilled their legs, just like zigzag, both their legs zigzag. And she said, oh, this is motion. Oh, this is, oh, this is great. Oh, I'm going to put this up on the board. Oh, this is fantastic. So she runs up to the front of the board, and she, she tacks it up there and says, this is Juan Williams' wonderful, creative turkey. I haven't seen a turkey this active on, on a piece of paper with crayon before. <laughs> So that's that story, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I was just having a talk with my my daughter, who is a physician, by the way, lady. She's an MD. And um, we were just reminiscing about what happened early in school. And, and her kindergarten teacher sent a note home that my daughter couldn't read, needed remedial reading, and that she was coloring outside the lines. And it turns out I didn't know, but the teacher was not sending books home with my daughter and she was sending books home with all the other kids. And my daughter was saying, what's going on here? And, and I didn't know this part of the story. I remember getting the note. Well, first grade came and the first grade teacher <laughs> contacted me and she said, your daughter is the best reader in the class and boy, can she draw. And there's nothing wrong. She doesn't need remedial anything. This kid. And she ended up being Phi Beta Kappa in her junior mm. year at a major university, number one in her medical school class and a brilliant physician. And nice. she painted, I have her acrylic large paintings framed in my home. And she illustrated mm. all of her chemistry and biology notebooks with her own drawings. And she was an amazing artist. But the, the word from this first grade teacher was she can't read and she can't draw inside the lines and talk about creativity. Oh, I, if nice. I found, if, if I knew that woman was alive, I'll go back and smack her. Anyway, let's <laughs> move on. Um, Samantha, I'm looking at your statement number two, two minutes here. You say, I love not being afraid to explore new ideas. This is the brave creativity I'm naming the show. So Samantha, what does this mean to you? When I look at all the creative things I've done, the biggest thing is courage, that leap of faith, um, because being a surgeon, you know, to suddenly go out and sort of go, I'm writing a cookbook or I'm doing children's picture books or I'm designing, you know, T-shirts and um, uh, it is very much uh, um, courageous because it's not something that people expect the surgeon to be doing, um, even running a business, um, um, as you know, it's like, well, you're primarily a surgeon, so what do you know about running a business? Um, and with all of these things, it takes a real uh, courage, especially when it doesn't fit with what people are thinking a surgeon would do, um, uh, to really put myself out there and come up with these things and people not go, is she crazy? <laughs> so um, I think that the courage uh, is having the idea and then having the courage to actually put yourself out there. And I think anyone who's creative or artistic, it's original thought, it's original ideas, it's something new. That's what creativity is. And with that comes that courage um, of it could completely fail. Yes, yes creativity can completely fail. And the question is, uh, Isma, this goes back to your idea of being, in, of being authentic and being your real self and having the strength and saying, well, it's okay. 
it, it, it made me feel happy and fulfilled and a real person to do it. And so what? So it, maybe it failed in somebody else's eyes. Maybe that painting makes you happy. Maybe that dance makes you sing. Maybe that, that dish makes you, it tastes good, Juan, even if everybody says, boy, he's healthy, but that thing really, I don't want to eat that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, geez, I'm teasing you. My point is that the courage to say, I'm going to try this, do or do not, there is no try. I'm going to do this, even if it doesn't end up a million seller best novel even if it doesn't end up a painting in a museum, even if it doesn't end up a song that a major orchestra is going to play and credit you with. It's because this is how we experiment with who we want to be and who we are. That's the way I feel about it. I want to move on. We are 11 minutes out here. I'm not going to keep time anymore. I'm looking at Isma and Isma, you've covered almost all of your four creativity statements, but there's one that I would like to cover uh, just briefly. It's number one. You say my creativity and folk. Juan, I'm going to ask you to mute for a second so we don't hear the dogs. Just just for a couple minutes, okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. It, the statement Isma sent me number one is my creativity and focus helped me hit bottom and raise myself and everything around me higher. You add breaking the spell of culturally embedded patriarchy. I don't want to talk about the patriarchy. I want to talk about raise everything around me higher. That's the creativity core I'm looking for. Isma, talk to me. Um, yeah. So uh, I never try to fit in the mold. It's okay to, to get out of the mold, to, to be out of shape, to, to be, uh, you just have to be really bold enough and I would take that word courageous enough that looking at yourself and the mold and seeing yourself not fitting in the mold should not swipe you off your feet. That's, that's how I look at the world and that's how I um, raise things around me. So one of the ways that I do it is modesty. Modesty in appearance, speech, behavior, thoughts, and actions. Whichever mold I don't fit in, and there are many, that's how I reflect it. And my inward modesty is humility. I'm, I'm, and that helps me understand, you know what? I don't care about molds that are created by other people. I'll create my own. And then I create that energy around me or help create that energy where other people can be courageous enough to not fit in another mold. Thank you. I need you to keep talking for another 30 seconds because my Mac just froze again and I can't get back to my notes. So talk a little bit more about that. Um, oh, uh, we're back. We're back. Good. Thank you very much. I'm sorry about that. I'm back to my notes. I appreciate it. Thank you, Isma. Very, very interesting. I, I did title this episode Brave Creativity because I feel from reading the bios you all sent me and meeting all of you in various publicity summit in venues, basically, I feel that you're all coming from a place of bravery and saying, I'm going to be different, right, Juan? I'm going yes. to do it my way. All right, Sinatra, nice song. But the point is that you all, Isma, you're bra you braved the tide that said a woman can't do this, and you did it. Samantha, you braved the storm in medicine that said, what, a female urological surgeon? Are you kidding? There's a whole country here. Nobody's ever done it before. And Juan, you braved 
I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. I'm going to start a nonprofit. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do karaoke. I'm going to be a cook. I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. I'm going to design furniture nobody's ever seen before. I'm going to win contests and awards. Did I run out of things to say about you want? So <laughs> my, my point is, see, I do listen. And lovely, lanky Thank Laura you. Legs is going to listen too. No, you're welcome. What I'd like to do is we just have a few minutes left. I want to do a couple of famous birthdays and not so famous birthdays. And I want to do some events and music that I think will all get get you get a kick out of. So first of all, um, today is the birthday, and I didn't know this, Mariska Hargitay, the Emmy Gold Globe winning Olivia Benson on Law & Order SVU, if any of you oh, have ever seen that. I don't watch that show, but I didn't know that she was Miss Beverly Hills USA when she was attending UCLA. Juan, you oh, might have really? known that. And she was number no, fourth <laughs> in she was Miss number four in the Miss California USA pageant. Interesting. Wow. I didn't know. But what's interesting is her mother was Jane Mansfield. I must have missed that somewhere. Oh, Jane wow. Mansfield, the, the 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 beauty queen, the actress yeah. who was called the working man's Marilyn Monroe. She died when Mariska was three and her father, who was a Mr. Universe, raised her and her sisters and brothers. Wow. I didn't know. She's 59 today. Mariska. What a Rodgers. story. Well, happy wow. birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. And then we have Tiffany yeah. Thiessen, who used to go by the, the name Tiffany Amber Thiessen. She's 49. She played Kelly Kapowski in Saved by the Bell. But more important, she was in Beverly Hills 90210 as Valerie mm. Malone. And she won a whole bunch of young. She was nominated for Young Artist Award nomination. She was one of those beach girls, you know. And then yeah. I have a memoriam. Anybody, everybody remember the Pointer Sisters, the singing group? Yes. Well, the one who started it, Anna, Anita Marie Pointer, passed away last year, but she was born today in 1948. So wow. in memoriam, wow. happy birthday to Anita Marie Pointer. Now yeah, I have some- my sister's name. Yeah. There you go. What a beautiful Anita. name. Yeah. And now I have some interesting, I have some social media stars, and I'm going to wow you with what they've done and see if you have the same number of followers. I do this every week. A couple of weeks ago, I had a gentleman who was celebrating his birthday the day of the show, and he was a slime video producer, and he had something like 19 million views. So we all decided we were going to change our professions. So we have a young man who's 37 named V, the letter V sauce, S-A-U-C-E, capital V, lowercase sauce, one word. His name is Michael Stevens. He creates educational YouTube videos on the channel called V sauce celebrating, and this is why I picked him, curiosity by investigating out-of-the-ordinary questions for kids in fun, thought-provoking ways. In 2019, he launched the series Could You Survive the Movies? He got a Streamy Award for the Best Scripted Series. He all holds degrees in, you're going to love this, neuropsychology and English literature from the University of Chicago. Mm. Get this. Here's mm. the kicker. His channel, Vsauce, has 18 million subscribers. Wow. 18 million plus subscribers and 2.4 billion views. Wow. I've been Whoa. doing this for, I've never had anybody oh. in the billions and I scan all of these birthdays to see who's, I, I couldn't believe it. His 2015 video, the Banach Tarski paradox. I don't even know what that is. I got to look it up. Has been viewed 35 million times, 35 million times. How many people are going to read your book, Juan? Please don't answer. Well, we know. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it pays to know the brain. Okay. It, it, it does. And we have an Instagram star, and she looks familiar to me, named Ella Rodriguez. She's all of 24 today. She has. Uh, she goes by the name Ella Bands, B-A-N-D-Z. She only has 2.2 million followers. Slay Bayella on Instagram. 
She posts outfits and lingerie pictures. Oh, my dear. Um, and she founded an eyelash company, Slay, S-L-A-Y, by Ella. And she partnered with a brand company, Fashion Nova. And she has a son named Melody Valentine and a, a daughter named Melody Valentine and a son named Artist Junior. Artist uh-huh. Junior. Yeah. Okay. So we're taking that social very seriously. And then we have a YouTuber who's 23 today named Zealous with a Z. Zealous. All right. Zealous. He posts challenges, adventure vlogs with a V. Personal entries have 3.6 million subscribers. And his video, I won 1 million subscribers from a Mr. Beast challenge. People are doing a lot of challenges, has only more than 7 million views. Ooh. Okay. He nice. also has a personal account called Really Zealous on Instagram. I thought you'd all get a kick out of that. I always think, yes. oh, Isma, I want to change my profession after I read these <laughs> social media. It's like, yeah. how, how many people went to see the movies that so-and-so made? Well, you know, here's 22 billion. Uh, never mind. Anyway, here's some events in the music calendar, the music history calendar. I think you'll get a kick out of this. Um This was odd. In 1991, on this day in history, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the radio station KLSKFM played Led Zeppelin's song Stairway to Heaven 200 times in 24 hours because they were changing their format. Well, angry listeners called in and sent letters. The police showed up with guns after somebody said, we think the DJ had a heart attack because they're playing the same song over again. (laughs) Then they thought it was suspicion because we were eight days into the Persian Gulf War. And they thought that Saddam Hussein was a Led Zeppelin freak fan and that he had sent he had sent hostage terrorists to take the DJ hostage. So they sent more cops. And it turns out people listen for 24 hours do I do my homework or what, kids? People listen for 24 hours. We've got to go in two minutes here. 24 hours to see if they would stop playing the song, and they did. Also, in 1988, on this day, the California Raisins, I heard it through the grapevine, peaked at number 84 in the Billboard Hot 100. This day in 86, the first inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame included Elvis, Chuck Berry, and Fats Domino. That's going back in history. Carol right. King's record, Tapestry set a record on this date in 1977, 302 weeks on the Billboard Albums chart. And Elvis's Suspicious Mind was his last number one hit in America. And it it was recorded on this day in 1969. And Tony Bennett recorded I Left My Heart in San Francisco. I think it's time to go, Josh. Josh well, I thought it was time it. for me to do my Elvis impersonation. I, okay, I'm real, real fast. I've saying they had fools rushing, for I can't help falling in love with you. Wow, that was, one, that was great. <laughs> one wisdom rocks. I want everybody quickly, real fast, give me a website where people can find you. Samantha, where can people find you? Quick, quick, quick. My name, Samantha Pillay. That's P-I-L-L-A-Y, or one word, dot com. Okay, good. Isma, where can people find you? I am Isma.com. I, I am? Isma, I-S-M-A. I-S-M-A dot com. Thank you. Juan, where can people find you real fast? I don't think it's yes. up yet, is it? Whenwisdom.com. W-A-N-W-I-Z-D-O-M dot com. That you was easy. Right okay. Kids, don't go away afterwards. We're going to stop in a second, but I got to do my closing. Here we go. Well, life is short. Break the rules. Don't we all forgive yes, quickly, yes, kiss, yes. 
Slowly, slowly. Love truly, laugh uncontrollably. Everybody laugh with me. (laughs) That's it. Force yourself. And never regret anything that made you smile. Here we go. Work like you don't need the money because nobody really cares except you. Dance like nobody's watching. When I was dancing, teaching disco, they were all watching. Trust me. Sing like nobody's listening. Love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Money talks. Chocolate sings. And so does Juan. And last but not least, I stole this line. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave. (laughs) Josh, we're done. Bye, Facebook. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.